this term for what you both have is jockage. It's common if you spend a lot of time in daily clothes, and it's it's easily transferable by intercourse. Yeah, I'll give you an antifungal cream, but you both have to keep the area dry and avoid sex for two days. Good evening. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That, I, first of all, I got to watch a very profound, revolutionary film. About family. And challenges. If you remember the film Children of a Lesser God, you remember Marley Matlin. Marley Matlin went on to win the Academy Award for Best Actress. She was the first deaf actress ever to win, and the only at this point. That may change on Oscar night. Um, let's see. Ah, that's what Coda is. Coda, Codependence Anonymous. Fellowship of people whose common purpose is to develop healthy and loving relationships. So, let's go into it. Okay. Coda is a 2021 coming-of-age comedy drama written and directed by Cyan Hedder, an English-language remake of the 2014 French film La Familia. Okay. Familia? stars Amelia Jones as Anonymous Coda, child of deaf adults, the only hearing member of a, fam- a deaf family who struggles to balance her attempts to help her family struggles, fishing business, and her own life aspirations. So, th- this is a really great cast. They won the best uh, cast award at the Screen Actors Guild, which is very interesting it premiered on uh, Apple TV Apple TV Plus it is nominated for some Academy Awards and at the heart of it is Troy Kotzer who is nominated for Best Supporting Actor who plays the father in CODA so Amelia Jones is Ruby Rossi. Troy Kotzer is Frank Rossi, Ruby's father. Daniel Durant Durant is Leo Rossi, Ruby's brother. Marley Matlin, Matlin is Jackie Rossi, Ruby's mother. Eugenio Derez, or is that his pronounced? Let's see. Eugenio Derbez. Derbez is Bernardo Mistavi Valalobos, a high school uh, choir teacher. Bernita Walsh Pilo as Miley Miles, Ruby's crush. Amy Forsythe as Gertie, Ruby's best friend. And Kevin Ca- uh, Chapman as Brady. So, this takes place in Massachusetts. It's a, it's a fishing town. And 
Ruby, Ruby's character is the only hearing member of her family. So they depend on her a lot. Hello. Hence the name Coda. Gloucester, Massachusetts is where it takes place. And they depend on her for everything. Whether it's doing business when it comes to their fishing industry. Going to the doctor, which I played that one clip for you. And just communicating. Because they live in a very small circle. And at one point, there's an argument that goes on. And Ruby says, yeah, you're deaf friends that you only see once, once a year. Because they're dependent, codependent, on Ruby. Ruby has aspirations. And there's some really great music in this, in this film. It starts off with Edda Jane. Something's got a hold on me. Goes all the way to Motown. And there are some really poignant moments in this film. sign language but it it really opens a door last year I remember talking and raving about the sound of metal which was also about deaf characters and you had a, a hearing character Riz Ahmed playing Ruben in the sound of metal who loses his hearing and here we are a year later a, a film of really extraordinary depth um This is, oh my goodness. It was powerful. It was powerful. It premiered at Sundance. And then Apple TV got it. And Apple, Apple TV Plus, excuse me. Okay. These, this is very interesting. Um, ah. Interesting. Some people have okay. We're, we're I'm gonna we're gonna read these. Response from the deaf community. USA Today reported deaf viewers varied reactions to the film. They praised the casting and performances of deaf actors and found the depiction of deaf characters as self-sufficient and sexually active people to be uh, in welcome contrast to previous depictions on screen. Delbert Weather, chair, uh, vice chair of nonprofit Responsibility Act, said, After seeing so many stories where people with disabilities are depicted as helpless, forlorn souls needing to be rescued, it is so refreshing to see a story with death characters that are small business owners and leaders in their fishing community, with depth and nuance that rival and even exude exceed that of their hearing counterparts in the story. Deaf writer Sarah Novick also said, I like these characters were sexual beings. Deaf and disabled people are often neutered or virginal in movies and books. That's extremely boring and inaccurate. Okay. And then we have another person who said Janet Beacon, a sensitivity reader and young adult author, found much of the film misrepresented especially deaf people's codependence and ability to thrive in 2021 and said that while thrilled that the movie exists in the sense of contributing to more death representation and hopefully more opportunities for even better representation. She was very disturbed by how uh, negatively the movie portrays the deaf and coda experiences. A deaf parent of a singer herself, Beacon found the film's assumption that being deaf means that you can't enjoy music or understand anyone else's 
enjoyment to be unfounded. Novick said, I actually think the story of a first-gen college student just without the music she could have been studying anything is more compelling anyway. I don't think that we needed the music part for this to be an interesting story. Novick and Beacon also criticized the film's depiction of the hearing child interpreting for her parents even in situations where professional interpreters would be required by the Americans with Disabilities Act. So there's that. Currently, it is nominated for three Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. This is one of... I've, I've, okay, so there's ten Best Picture nominees. Uh, so far, I have nine to finish. I am in the midst of doing... Doing... Dune... It's very long, so I thought I would pause from it and take a break and do a podcast on Coda. It was very emotional. It was very emotional and the musical aspects. And her family's trying to understand what it is she wants to do. And there's a really great moment where the parents pull up and she tells them to lower it because her father loves gangster rap because of the bass. Yeah. It is... It is a it is a world and a uh, you know it's a, a peek inside the world of a family dealing with modern day issues, money, change, fear, stability. I was just I I couldn't stop watching. I couldn't stop watching, and it's a very profound film, and I understand what the two reviewers from the deaf community and their response to it. I was thinking of a friend of mine who once said, you know, being deaf, he said, you live inside your own world and you don't have to pay attention to bullshit and and other things because it's like you can just turn it off. Turn it on again, especially if you have a hearing aid. But in this aspect... There's a really great moment where they're watching their daughter sing and then all of a sudden the music stops and you see it from their point of view. You see the film as they hear it. And the human emotions that pour out from each of these characters, you know, they they are in love. The parents are really in love. I mean, they're sexual. And, and that's the, I think that's the thing is because in films oh that's the token death friend or that's the token this and this really changes everything and I mean I would love to do a podcast on all 10 films I don't know if I could do that I don't know if I have that kind of time um, I mean I, I could try I could try and seep into it and um, see what happens uh, so but yeah um isn't that interesting that and and I say this you know we, we just lost um, William Hurt yesterday and William Hurt was in Marley Matlin's first film Children of a Lesser God and so I thought I would play a clip of that for you and how it was beautiful she's come full circle Oh, this is a profound moment. And 
this this is a testament you know what she is is able to do not just as someone from her community but as a survivor and abuse and um, being mistreated and uh, but this is this is children of lesser God this is really a profound moment here we go And so that's a clip from Children of a Lesser God. Mar Marley Matlin. I remember watching the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Stars. And she's in that. And the way she describes films. Like she was describing a Charlie Chaplin film. And I love how she's like, I could feel the wind in Gold Rush. And she's saying it as her interpreter is also doing it. And his frustration, Charlie Chaplin's frustration and the universality of film it's 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 a very i mean it's it's an amazing thing and i wanted to play for you uh marley matten's oscar oscar speech and then we'll go back to coda
just want to thank a lot of people. I am, to tell you the truth, I didn't prepare for this speech, but I definitely want to thank the Academy and its members. And I want to thank all those special people in the film. And I can name them Randa Haynes, Patrick Palmer, the entire cast and crew, and particularly William Hurt for his great support and love in this film. And I want to thank my mother and father, Eric, Mark, Gloria, Zachary, and Liz. They're here tonight with me. And I just want to thank all of you. I love you. And that was at the 59th Annual Academy Awards, 1987. Marley Matlin. And let's see, her interpreter, her, her, she has the same interpreter decades later. Jack Jason. She's been deaf since uh, 18 months old due to illness. Uh, she has really just paved the way. And Coda is really a moment that I feel she is giving back to the community and do and this film is just this this is a game changer. This really truly is. It's it's a story of teenage angst and and also codependency. I mean, you know, they are they're so dependent on their daughter for everything. Their daughter just wants her own life and there are instances in the movie where she just wants to be a kid and things happen the dynamics change but it was it was a it was a powerful film and I am very I'm very happy that it's nominated it, it really doesn't matter if it wins I think what we've learned with these set of Academy Award nominees is some of them, you know, some of them are just are just there. And usually the films that don't win are the ones that you really remember. And they, and they stick out to you and they, and they change your heart and everything. And yeah, I am. Like I said, I'm in, I'm in the middle of watching Dune. It's very interesting. Dune the production value and the look and the feel, you can literally feel the sand. And recently I had seen a video for the band Meshuga, and I can see why it kind of reminds me of Dune. It kind of reminds me of Dune. Um, so I'm going to jump back into that. But I really, Coda, Coda is a moment. It's a moment. It is an extraordinary cast and a, and a really nice, diverse, and inclusive cast. Everyone is in this cast. Everyone is being represented. And then the music, you the music is so great. Whenever you hear especially like a, a, a Motown song, it, it really does stir emotions or for me though, hearing Etta James. The film opens with Etta James and the daughter is singing along to Etta James. And um, yeah. It's also about fear. It's also about there's a moment where Ruby says, I've never done anything without my family before. 
and that's so powerful because she loves it but at the at the same time she she feels she needs to break free and it's not so much that she's leaving them behind she's going forward and i think without giving anything away that that really is this film is how how are they going to come out of their own shells everyone in this movie is coming out of a shell everyone is living within their own shells their own confinement in coda and so oh my goodness this is it's it's profound it's profound and it won the SAG for best uh, cast ensemble and we'll we'll see what happens I mean um come Oscar time I would love to see here's the thing with the Academy sometimes the dark horses need to just they need it they need it remember that year that Glenn Close was the favorite and then Olivia Coleman won I I, and I remember people in the room being upset and all the while I'm like I actually like the favorite but I also like the wife so I thought wow that's a great moment when that happens so on Oscar night I hope that there are many surprises because sometimes it's like oh god these guilds after a while with the other award shows it's kind of tired it is tiring some of them I just won't watch some of them it's like I mean I did watch the independent film spirit awards because I love the spirit awards they're, they're, the message behind the spirit awards is it's always been the same it's always been about representation and performance and independent film not, not being backed by a big studio and doing it yourself and there's even, you know, the John Cassavetes Award, and, and I love John Cassavetes. They need to have a Mario Van Peebles Award, because he was also an independent. And Robert Downey Sr., because he was also an independent. Independent film artists are just amazing. There is a, there's a beautiful independence within this making of this film, because it's a close-knit film cast. And I really enjoyed it. It was it was very powerful. It was powerful, but it, and then at the heart of it, you you know, you watch it and then you and then you think of it makes me want to go back and watch Children of a Lesser God because I think it was on recently and I watched some of it. And Mar Marley Matlin, she's been on roasts. Remember when she roasted? They roasted a bunch of people on Comedy Central, so she she can roll with the best of them. She's been on Seinfeld. I remember when she was on Picket Fences. Remember the 90s? The 90s were a very interesting time. There is a very profound moment in CODA. I don't think it will spoil it. I'll tell you about it. So the father, Daddy Rossi, we'll call him, or Mr. Rossi, he wants to know what his daughter was singing what was the song about and so she sings it for him and he puts his hand on her throat to, to hear her sing to feel the vibrations and he is so moved and that moment will probably win him the Oscar 
but it's such a profound moment. And then, and then the moment there's a really beautiful moment between the mother, uh, Marley Matlin's character, and the daughter, uh, Ruby Rossi, where she asks her, "Did you want me to be deaf too when I was born? Were you disappointed?" She said, "Yes." She said, "Because I didn't think we would have a connection." Because she said her and her mother do not have a connection. But at the same time, the links in terms of she's been their interpreter her entire life. And then the brother who at one point says to her, we were better off before you were born because it was just us. We all lived in this silent world. So there's there's everything going on, you know, the trials and tribulations of a family and a business. These are small business owners. <coughs> and um, so I just wanted to highlight that tonight on the Dr. Zeus phone podcast. It's Pi Day on Pleasant Dreams. Mm-hmm.